blood, said the Lord. I saw you to your own elements, said God. I saw you unable to reach me, said the Lord. And I've extended my olive branch to you, said God. I've extended my vine of life to you, said the Lord. I've extended my life to you, said God. And I've given you my son, and he has shed his blood. So when you come unto my covenant, when you come and you say, Jesus, I want to be a part of you. Jesus, I need you to be a part of me. Then that life flows continually. The life flows everlastingly. So now I see you in my blood, said God. Now I see you in my blood, says the Lord. Now I see you in all that I am. All that I am, all that I have, all that you are. Because we are one. We are one. So I want my children to see how you are one with me. And you can just let go the things that were your own with their shortcomings, with their imperfection, with their spots, with their wrinkles, with their blemishes. And I want you to see and know that you are in me now. And there is nothing impossible for those who are in me. And you are becoming. You already are but you are becoming day by day. You already are in me, but you are becoming more and more. And my spirit within you is emanating to the world. And they shall come. They shall come to the cross, said God. Look at your neighbors, say tithing works. All right. Okay, so God is good. Man, we had the return yesterday. I'm telling you what, presence of God was incredible. I know that it was incredible in Washington, but it was awesome here. Amen. And I believe that as we are in this new year, we have just celebrated Rosh Hashanah. Say, Shana Tova. Happy New Year. Amen. But I want you to stand with me this morning. And I just want you to lift your hands because 
We are in a remarkably important new year. Amen? 5781. 5780 for the Jewish calendar is passed, and now we're in 5781. And this new year is going to be a year of incredible miracles, healing, signs, wonders, and most of all, harvest. Souls to come into the kingdom. So I want you to lift your hands, and I'm going to have Chaplain usher us into this new year because it's called the Feast of Trumpets. And he's going to blow that shofar, and I want you to shout to God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Woo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, shout to God. Shout to God. Hallelujah. Awesome. Give God a praise this morning. Oh, come on. You can do better. Give God a praise this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, come on. Move heaven. Move heaven. Come on. Let him hear. Hallelujah. Come on, if you need healing in your body this morning, lift your hands. And if you don't, then point your hands towards someone who does. If you need healing in your spirit, if you need healing in your soul realm, your mind, those of you that are watching by live stream, a lot of you aren't here because you are ill in your bodies. Some of you just need to lift your hands and receive this morning the healing power of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we touch those right now, God, in this building and in the live stream, God. We just touch them right now, God. God, in just penetrate their bodies with the healing power of Jesus. God, I command their DNA to line up with the word of God. I command their DNA to rise up with the DNA of Jesus. I thank you right now, God, that healing is our portion. And God, you want to heal. So God, right touch bodies touch minds touch their spirit God heal heal in the name of Jesus hallelujah begin to thank him begin to thank him for the healing hallelujah I just really sense someone on live stream maybe someone in the building God just says to me right now you are to release you are to release whatever it is that you're still hanging on to. God says, let it go. Release 
in the name of Jesus. God says as you release, God says you're going to see things turn around. You're going to see my power and my glory because it is my will that you let go of whatever you're hanging on to, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So we are in that year. And right now we're in that season of repentance and the return. Return to what? Return back to the first love, like when you first got saved. Or for some, maybe you've never met Jesus as your Lord yet. You didn't just get on live stream by accident. You didn't just tune in by accident. You aren't here by accident. And so I just want to pray right now for those that may not even know the Lord. Some of us think we know the Lord. But do we know him? Saints, I'm telling you, it's a season where we are, God's weighing this nation in the balance. And we got to know him. So just lift your hands and just pray with me this morning. Even if you're in live stream, you can just pray out loud right where you're sitting. But just say, Jesus, come into my heart, my life. I want to know you. I hear about you. I may have grown up hearing about you. But now I want to know you. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Thank you that you died, rose again. And Lord, live in me now. Big in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, that's the greatest thing you can do for someone is to lead them to Christ. And in this year, it's interesting because I just happened to find a few notes on the number six. And I found some interesting things. The first verse of the Bible, Genesis 1-1, look at this. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, in the Hebrew... This is interesting. In the Hebrew, there are only six words in the first verse. As well, God made man and woman on the sixth day. As well, he created the entire world in six days. Adam and Eve sinned on the sixth day. Six in the Hebrew is called Vav, V-A-V. And so that word Vav translates connection from heaven to earth. When Adam and Eve sinned, they broke the connection. How many of you have ever been talking on the phone and the phone call drops, the connection is broke? How many of you know we cannot live without being connected 
to Hashem. And so Jesus, Jesus came and he reversed that curse and it caused us to return our connection from heaven to earth. Jesus died on the sixth day to make atonement for us. He died on the sixth day so we could be restored and returned to the Father. We're in a season now. Right now. Ten days of awe. Everybody say, ah. How many of you love a fresh chance? Ten days of awe. Ten days to examine ourselves. And that's between the 18th and the 28th. How many of you have been in retrospection? How many of you have been examining yourself? How many of you have just cried out to God for change? Yesterday, I'm telling you, there was such a presence of God in the chapel. And we had the return on, and God was moving. And people, we were on our face crying out to God and praying. And someone was leading prayer every hour. And I just thank God for our intercessors. Thank you, Jesus, for our intercessors. And we were just praying and crying out to God. And there was such an incredible presence of God. And much like this morning... I don't know if you noticed, but it was a very somber presence of God. It wasn't a woo, 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 woo. It was just a, there's this presence of God in this place. And, and God began to speak to me even this week because I was struggling. I said, God, what do you want to tell the people? And he just kept being a little silent. And then he said, repentance. I know they don't want to hear it again. But he said, that's where we're at right now. He says, I want my people to cry out. I want my people just talking to me, just pouring out their hearts. He says, I've restored the connection between heaven and earth through my son. We're being transformed as you sit there. As you sit here, as you're sitting, looking at live stream, you're being transformed. God's speaking to your mind. He's changing the way you think. He's changing the things you do. He's changing the things you say. God says, before, before I come, this nation will be restored. He's restoring. He's restoring. And he's requiring us to return. He gave me the comparison as I studied how he blesses. His heart is to bless. So many people, again, I say this, so many people think God just wants to judge us. No, he's a God that restores. 
He gets excited about restoring. He gets excited when we are repenting and placing the blood of his son before him. He gets excited about that because he's eager to restore. He's eager to give you blessings and increase. He's not all about just wanting to lower a boom. God brings judgment so that there'll be change, so that there'll be correction. How many of you are glad, are glad that you ain't God? We probably just kill everybody. Here, Jesus, take them home, get them saved, but let them go home. How many of you are so glad you're not God? He compared it to, for me, the Cana miracle. He says, when my son filled the pots, he filled them to the brim. He said, you are clay pots. Wow. When you look at the Cain of miracle, he was talking to us. Not a, yeah, he was a big celebration at the wedding, but that's not what that was about. He said, I'm filling the pots. You are clay pots. I'm a clay pot. Look at the word, right? And he says, I filled him to the brim because that's my heart. When I restore, I want to take and fill you and change you and take you from being just ordinary to extraordinary. Wow. Wow. Look with me at 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. New. How many of you like new stuff? New stuff. You become new. See, we don't even get it. We really don't get it. Because when people do wrong things or make mistakes and they come to Christ, why are they still feeling like second-class citizens? Hello? Why do they feel like guilt and shame? Because the devil is a lie. And they come to Christ and he's trying to tell them you're new. And they're like, well, yeah, okay, Jesus, but you try to tell society. You try to tell my next door neighbor. How many of you are getting this? So like this happened this week. I got this letter in the mail. And I don't generally open mail from the prison population because I pass it on to those that write letters to them. And I just, you know, it's like I got 150,000 things. And so I have someone that writes to my little prisoners. And I was doing it for a while. And, you know, my kids would say, Ma, you're always writing letters. You got prison pen pals. And I say, yeah, they have to be encouraged because, man, I believe God is bringing revival to the prisons. 
I believe you're going to see it coming. And so I'm reading this letter and my mind is blown because what were the chances of me opening it? The chances of me reading it, it was five pages. But I got to an appointment and I had time, so I pulled it out of my purse and I start reading it. And here it's from a man probably in his late 30s. And he says, Dr. Cheryl, I got your name out of a book. So I thought, oh, he's reading our book. Cool. And he goes, the book is blah, blah, blah by Eddie and Alice Smith. And I'm like, what? Well, Eddie and Alice Smith are world-renowned prayer people, and I know them, and they're friends, but I didn't know I was in their book. So I thought, man, I got to get a copy of this book and see what's going on here. Well, anyway, he goes on to say, you know, that he got my name. He doesn't know why he chose my name, but that he was in prison for life. He probably would not get out till he was 80. And he said, I came to Christ four years ago when this happened. And he says, I didn't come to Christ because it was a jailhouse experience. He says, I came to Christ because I needed him. And I knew what my future was, but I wanted Jesus in my life. And he goes on to talk about the crime he committed and how he had murdered someone and I was just blown away because he says, I grew up in a good home. I really didn't grow up in lack. I, I, you know, my parents were divorced, but I didn't have a dad in my life. And I thought, well, bingo. (laughs) And just went on and I thought, wow. His final words were, I only wrote to you not for money, not because I need something from you. He says, the only thing I ask of you is tell me, how do I know I'm forgiven? How do I know that I'm a new creature? Wow. Because everything in his surroundings doesn't tell him he's new. Saints, We are new creations in Christ Jesus. That's why Jesus went to the cross. That's why God reveals himself in so many ways. You know, if you look at Jesus, John the Baptist said this in 1 John, I mean in John 1.29. Look at John 1.29. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming to him and says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Now, how many times have we read that scripture? At least a zillion, (laughs) right? John is revealing what the shepherds knew Back on the day Jesus was born. Now listen, this is so incredibly interesting. 
in the culture, back in Bible times in, in the Jewish culture, the Levite priests would control the area surrounding Jerusalem because Jerusalem was the, ep, you know, the epicenter, the center of religious life, correct? And so all the area surrounding Jerusalem was controlled by the Levite priests. Bethlehem was a mere three miles from Jerusalem. They appointed what they called Levitical shepherds. The Levitical shepherds were specially trained to raise and birth, birth and raise sacrificial lambs. This is heavy. They were taught that when the lamb was born, you checked it to make sure it was a satisfactory lamb without blemish. And they were taught to take the lamb, wrap it in swaddling clothes, and lay it in a manger if it was an acceptable sacrifice. So when the shepherds in that area had seen the star and the angel, and the angel said, you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. They knew, they knew what the angel was talking about. Now that is just incredible. Because the average shepherd throughout the nation wouldn't have known that. But Levitical shepherds who had been trained. Wow. They knew. They knew when they came upon Jesus that he was not the ordinary kid. He was not just somebody who they couldn't find a room at the inn. God didn't want him born in the inn. God wanted him placed in the, in the trough so that he would be in a manger just like a perfect sacrificial lamb. Wow. If he went to all that to birth Jesus, to make it happen for us, how can we not know that through the attitude and the manifestation of repentance in us, how much more are we wanting God to say, I'm for you, I'm for you, I'm for you. Man, are you getting this? John even went further and reinforced it and said, he is the Lamb of God who will take away the sin of the world. 
I'm telling you, when I looked out at Washington yesterday, there's the world. And Jesus was saying, I've got you. I'm for you. I'm for you. Every major event in Jesus' life occurred on a Jewish holiday. That's exciting. Because he was poised to be our lamb. I mean, that is so awesome to me. I can remember a time when I was studying in Bible college that I had said to the Lord, what is swaddling? And why? And who cares? And why are all these details? I mean, wasn't he just in a manger because there was nothing better? Man, this brings it home. They didn't tell you in Bible college to go seek out the Hebrew. But how many of you, that just pierced your heart? And you're like, wow. He did that all for us. Rosh Hashanah is the Feast of Trumpets heralding in a new year, a new year. And for the Jewish people, it was all about repentance. It was all about turning back to God. It was all about change, changing their ways, changing their thinking. And saints, it's supposed to be the same for us. We're the spiritual people of God, the spiritual Jews. And we don't have to do a bunch of traditions, but what's he saying to us? I want you to return to me. That's what yesterday was all about. People are like, oh, they're going to, you know, Washington to pray for the nation. No, they were going to Washington and they wanted all, uh, there were 33,000 of us churches listed as part of the return. And Evangel, man, the minute I heard Jonathan Kahn talk about it back in uh, six, eight months ago, I said, we're in this. Why? Because it's about repentance. Repentance. See, repentance isn't just, sorry, God. Oh, yeah, sorry, God. No, it's about, God, I hurt your heart. I'm really sorry, God, change me, change my mind, change what I do. It's about changing our whole spirit, soul, and body so that we become Christ-like. That's what repentance is. The Bible talks about fruits, fruits worthy of repentance, how many of you know there's more to it than just, sorry, God? There's more to it than, well, I go to church. Sorry, but God calls you to be the church. God is like not impressed with our mausoleums. That's what I call them, mausoleums. Some of them are very ornate. They spend thousands and thousands of dollars on windows and paintings, and I'm so not about that. When we decorated this house, Bishop, 
We, you know, the stained glass was in there. It's not the greatest, but it'll have to do. When we moved in here, Bishop, people would just start bringing incredible artwork. And he'd say, well, I can't pay you for all this. They go, we're donating it. We want the church to have this stuff. And if it was good and Bishop thought it made a statement, not just some pretty picture, he hung it up. Because God doesn't care. He's not impressed. His house is us. We're the house of the Lord. So he says, I got to constantly have you before me on your face, crying out to me because I don't want you to just be ordinary. I want you to be extraordinary. In the future, God says, I'll gather the people to myself in the earth and I'll return. I'll return as the Messiah. It breaks my heart sometimes because I run into still some of my Jewish family and they just don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. But I keep telling them, you're wasting so much time. And they keep saying, what do you mean? I said, he's here. Hello. He's here. And you keep waiting. What are you waiting for? Cry out. Just say Jesus and watch what he does. But that means we still got an assignment. We still got to be on our best feet. See, the one thing that people cannot deny, if you are a true follower, see, don't negate that adjective, true. People call themselves followers of Jesus all day long, and I keep going, where? Where are you following, and who are you following? True followers, people whose hearts are so bent on Jesus, they're slow to speak. They're slow to anger. They're quick to listen. James 1, 19. If you're true, true, really seeking after the, the Lord, then listen, people notice. They can't believe it sometimes. I'll never forget, Bishop came out of the car business. He was my, I always called him my, my little mini gangster. He came out of cars and the fast talk and all that jazz and gambling and all the other garbage. And I'll never forget about six years ago, one of his old car buddies passed away. So the wife called and she said, he always loved you. Would you do his funeral? And he just looked at me. He goes, what do you, what do you think? I said, oh, yeah, that's going to be a gathering. I said, you're going to see car people there you ain't seen in 45 years. So we did it. And the whole place said the sinner's prayer. And the whole place, there were tears and People came up afterward and said, I don't know, I, was, I said that prayer with you, man, and I just feel different. Oh, yeah, Jesus, go ahead, water that seed. 
And they all kept saying, you're not, you're Jerry Piscopo? Nah. Yeah. Because when Jesus does it, ain't nobody do it like Jesus. Look at Isaiah 27, 13. And it shall come to pass in that day that the great trumpet shall be blown and they'll come which were ready to perish in the land of Assyria and the outcasts in the land of Egypt and shall worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. See, that's what's happening now. We're in that season where they're coming back. All the outcasts, all those that were going to perish, they're coming. But saints, we got to be there, ready, arms wide open, saying, come on in, come on in. The trumpet's being blown. It's that season, the feast of trumpets. And God's saying, come on, come on in, just repent. Come on, turn it around. Uh, it's a transformation, but repentance isn't just sorry, God. Saints, it's all about looking up, but first we got to go down. First, we got to get down on our knees and acknowledge, God, I blew it. I'm not what I'm supposed to be. And then it's looking up and get up and start living for Jesus. God said that today is the day of atonement. He whispered that to me in prayer this morning. So I got on my little Siri and I said, Siri, what day is Yom Kippur? That's the feast of the day of atonement. And Siri goes, today is Yom Kippur. With her sweet little voice. And I'm like, wow. Okay, God. He said, Cheryl, that day of atonement. And I looked it up. It means to repair a wrong so we can be one with the Holy One. Repair a wrong so we can be one with him. And if you look at that word atonement, you can break it into at one meant. To be one with him. I don't know about you, but I just want to be one with him. So if it means I got to repair wrongs, I'm in, God. If I got to ask you, God, to show me my garbage so I can repent and you know, give fruits worthy of repentance. I don't know what that means for you. I don't know what it means. Sometimes for me, I just got to say, God, what do I do? How do I make this right? Sometimes he might have you ask for forgiveness for someone. Sometimes you need to forgive someone who's wronged you. Doesn't mean you always have to go out to dinner with them just means you need to, I forgive them. 
Sometimes this week, in fact, uh, one person said to me, I just called this person up and I said, I forgive you. And of course the person is like, okay, but for what? It don't matter. They said to them, it don't matter. I needed to do that. I forgive you. Okay. See, we don't got to explain everything. We just got to be one with him. One with him. See, I don't, I used to be a grudge holder. I was raised that way. My daddy was a grudge holder. So I learned it really early on how to do that. And then came Bishop into my life. And he used to make me so mad. Because when he would hurt my feelings or do something, he'd say, I'm so sorry. And I'd get so mad. That doesn't make it okay. You don't get to be forgiven just because you said that. And he'd say, well, honey, I'm sorry. But you want to argue the rest of that mess? Argue it with God. That would make me even more angry. (laughs) And God began to get a hold of me, and he said, forgive. Don't be like your earthly daddy. Be like me. And I began to weep, and I just got the victory. And like now, it's like, uh uh-uh, I ain't having no unforgiveness. I forgive you. I forgive everybody. I love everybody. I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. I think my kid one day, uh, one of them said to me, Mom, I'm, I'm really sorry. It's no big D. And she goes, how can you do that? I said, because I don't want nothing between me and God. I said, I love you. And I don't really care if you get mad at me. But if I hurt you, I forgive you too. And you forgive me and we're all happy. And she's just, okay. Because I don't want nothing to hinder me and God. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's so not worth it. And when you hold on forgiveness, he's so clear in his word. He says, if you don't forgive, I can't forgive. Well, You know, Bishop always says, and it's another sermon, but he says, if God can't forgive you, how are you getting to heaven? Makes sense to me. Saints, he's saying to us, today is the Yom Kippur, the day of atonement. We got to focus for the next few days even. I like to focus every day of my life for a few moments on repentance, on crying out to him for forgiveness the Jews would do it for all the sins of the past year. I just want to stay fresh every day. I don't want to miss a thing in God. We're being weighed in the balance. It's a critical time in our nation, but more so in our lives. It's critical. We are in the last days. But I'm not telling you Jesus is coming back tomorrow, but why don't you just live like he is? Hallelujah. I just want to live like he's coming back tomorrow. It makes it a lot easier. We got to be so careful 
Even in this season of forgiving and repentance, we got to be so careful because there is an incredibly fresh move of the Spirit in this house. Okay? In fact, I don't know how you're not dragging everybody you know. Come in. Well, I know why, because I got a few more that are a little concerned about you know, the, the virus, but I want to tell you something, bring your mask. You can bring, bring your hazmat outfit. I don't care. You can come with your gloves, put your boots on. You can, we got a ton of sanitizers, masks. We got it all going on. You can stand in the corner over there, 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 wherever. I'm telling you, there's such a new move of God in this house. And if you can sense it through the live stream, awesome. Because God ain't bound by no airwaves. But I want to tell you, at the same time, we have to understand that where there's revival, the enemy's always trying to creep in. Be careful of any offense. Be careful. I didn't say be afraid. Because you got to even be checking that fear. Check the fear. Check offense. If somebody says something or does something that offends you, mm, no thanks, I blow that off in Jesus' name. I love you. I forgive you. God, change them and change me. You do not want offense. First of all, enemy tries to get you right out them doors. And the best way is church hurt. Now, church hurt, this is church hurt right here. That's church hurt. Because if I offended you, you need to come tell me. I will be the first to try to make it right. And that's how we all feel here at Evangel. If anybody offends you, come and talk to them. There's so much junk that goes on because there's no communication. So we got to be on top of it, and we got to come up another step in our maturity, right? We got to say, I'm going to be mature. God's going to use this to make me more mature, and then get in there and do the warfare. I, I say to you, devil, in the name of Jesus, get mad, not at people, at the enemy, we're at a critical time, saints. It's time to get on our face. I want you to listen to this prophetic word that came at return yesterday. This prophet every year gives a prophetic word, and it's incredible for the new year. His name is Ken Kent Christmas. His name is really Christmas. It's, I know. But his name is Prophet Kent Christmas. So I want that to play. And I want the lights down a little bit here. And I want us to feel, if you need to get on your knees and just spend that time hearing this and crying out to God, let's do it. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. By the authority of the Holy Ghost, Turn it up. we take dominion today over the powers of darkness that have ruled over our nation. And we command them to be broken in the name of Jesus. For this is the hour of the church, says the Lord, and not the hour of man. And by the end of this year, says God, the greatest outpouring that you've ever seen is going to hit the United States of America. 
Starting January 20 in this year, hallelujah, God is going to begin to declare that there is a release of an unprecedented move of the Holy Ghost like we've never seen in our lifetime. Thus saith God, I'm coming after the strongholds that have ruled over this nation for decades. And I am pulling them down by the power of the Spirit of God. For the violence that you see in the land and the roaring that you hear over our nation is demon spirits that are crying out because the angels of the Lord have come to silence them for this hour. And just as the world has put a mask on the church and just as the world has put a muzzle on the people of God, the spirit of intimidation that has risen against the church, I, the Lord thy God, now I'm going to take that spirit and I'm going to put it on the world and the heavens that have been brass says the Lord I'm breaking by the power of the Holy Ghost for four years saith God from night to for 2021 through 2024 this is the last final harvest saith God that is going to hit this church no demon will be able to stop the glory of the Lord that's coming get ready says the Lord for the holiness of God is coming up in this hour and I the Lord thy God will take no backseat to a man for what I'm getting ready to do says the Lord will not be known by personality or name but it will be known by the power of the Holy Ghost I'm going to pull down strongholds over this nation sports will not recover though they say they will theaters are going to remain empty saith God and the church is going to begin to fill up and the glitter of sin that has drawn the sinner to the world is now going to be tarnished and I'm going to cause the church saith the Lord to rise to her feet. There is a roar of the line of Judah saith God I'm going to release divine healing upon the nation I am also coming after a generation of young people that have never been in church never known God I'm going to invade the homosexual community and I'm going to set them free by the power of the Holy Ghost. There is anointing, saith the Lord, that I am releasing over this nation. Just as the laws have come out of this city in the natural, saith God, so now is there a law being released out of heaven that says my church will not be silent for though I am raising up, hallelujah, mighty men for the spirit of Jesus has ruled over this nation for a century but I have raised up an Elijah anointing saith God that's going to break the spirit of Jezebel and there's going to be peace in the land there's going to be silence amongst the liberals saith the Lord and I'm going to put a roar in the mouth of my people even to the age of young five and six year olds the glory of God is getting ready to come down upon this nation give a shout saith the Lord for I have not forgotten thee I will never leave thee I will never forsake thee
1906, William Seymour said this, there is another revival coming about a hundred years and if the bloodline is going to cross the color line, hear God today, this is not about color, this is not about culture, this is about the church and God said the church is my body, so today I release healing into you, I release a spirit of boldness upon you, that gum against the spirit, rise up saith God, whatever you bind I'll bind, whatever you loose I'll loose, for he that is in you than he that is in the world there is a liberty saith the Lord I am releasing over this land and it is a harvest of souls your churches are going to fill up your children are going to praise the Lord your bodies are going to be healed because I declare it saith God and it shall be done saith God God's saying, if we will humble ourselves, so right where you're at, I don't know what that means for you. Maybe you, you don't want to get on your knees. Maybe you do right in your place. Maybe you just want to bow. But wherever you're at, God says, if we'll humble ourselves, if you want to run down to the altar, God says, if we'll humble ourselves, God says he's going to hear us. He's going to hear us. And he's going to heal our land. So right now, right where you're at, I don't care. Come on down or right in your seat. But we're going to humble ourselves and we're going to cry out and we're going to say, Jesus, fill us, change us, make us extraordinary. Jesus, forgive us, cleanse us. We cry out for Jesus. He was the perfect lamb. He was the perfect sacrificial lamb. Lord, Lord, we cry out to you right now. Lord, we just pour our hearts out. God, we are a humble people right now, God. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. We cry out. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Jesus, 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 receive us, Jesus, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, 
we cry out to you, Lord. your hands all over the room. Come on. Withholding nothing. Come on. Surrender it all to him. Lord, I surrender all to you. Give it all to you, Lord. Come on, say it. Withholding nothing. One more time. Withholding, withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. 